0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the first episode of the Jock Mailbag podcast. Joining me is Clarky, how are you, mate?
1: I am wonderful. We are so close to the beginning. It's so good. I can't wait to hear all these questions.
0: Round one is just around the corner. Carlton and Richmond have named their sides, so lots of questions coming through. Um... I guess we'll start with the first question, but before we get on to the first question, I should let people know that the best questions from today's podcast will win a Honeyball AFL magazine. Ooh, beautiful. So Ben from Honeyball has been uh, has been lovely to supply us with a couple of codes to give out to people. You'll uh, get them as replies to your emails that you sent through to the jockmailbag at gmail.com account. So if you want a question for the next podcast, make sure you send it through to there. The length of the podcast will uh, be determined by how many questions we have and how hard they are to answer. Sounds fair. So let's start with an easy question to begin. This one comes from Jeff. We love Jeff.
1: We do love Jeff.
0: Member of the community for a few years now. Who has the best hair in the AFL and why?
1: Well, uh, look, uh, I, know, uh, I know that we both probably have a few selections for this candidate. Um, I have two. Uh, if we're talking the entire AFL comp in general, I would have to say Karen Paxman, uh, purely because it is a haircut that just exudes power. Big old Paxi running through the mid in the Melbourne mm-hmm. AFLW team. Uh, If we're talking AFL men's, I would definitely have to say uh, one Marcus Bontempelli long-haired version. Um, You can just see the quality of his locks. It's just something about the way it flows as he runs. I'm just like that. That is a beautiful man, and I I love seeing it.
0: See, for me, I've gone with someone at the club that I support. Um, I've gone with Alex Pierce. With that big long mane that is grown out while he's been recovering from his ankle injury, it's just it's just long, and it looks like he takes good care of it as well. And I would say that's probably the best hair.
1: Oh wow! I've, I'm I am just looking it up now. That is some eight like there's some like eighties glam rock level. He
0: he could he could be the frontman of the darkness, and we don't know
1: he believes in a thing called love and looking by the quality of that it's yeah that you know what i think i might have to add that to my list bont you're out uh alex Pierce. oh my god that is oh and the curls it's just as as a good choice a chef's kiss
0: have you settled on your sh- team structure entering round 1
1: i have um i'm i'm at the point now where i have had to go put yeah put the phone down Put the phone, you put the phone down, Josh, Clarky, whoever you are, uh, who will remain anonymous. Um, I Yeah, I can't tinker anymore. I think I'm happy with the structure that I've got that um, covers all of the gaps that I have and my contingency plans uh, for if my uh, rookie R2 strategy doesn't pay off.
0: We've got a question from Paul regarding team structure. Yep. Specifically around Erasio Fantasia. Ooh. or fantasia however you say it fant
1: I like fantasia
0: he would like to know do we like the selection of him at our uh fifth or sixth on field defense position
1: so i don't know about you Damo. um i you know your team reveal has gone live i believe if i remember correctly that fan fantasia isn't in your team um is that if that's correct?
0: He is not in my team. No. I haven't had him in any iteration of my team either. However, I do like his dual position swing of defender and forward. I think that'll be very handy as the season goes on. Yeah. Especially if Kieran Briggs gets a chance at the Giants this weekend alongside Matthew Flynn. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um for me personally uh he's actually currently in my D5 um I I really like the pick not only for the the DPP swing um but I actually really like the role that he has um sort of moving you know he's probably not going to you know kick a kick a bag like he did in the Adelaide game and he only played half a game um but his points per minute were really high in that um I'm big on the new club New club issue. I think he's probably going to be a lot happier playing at Port. And I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity to really shine in a Port Adelaide that you have to say objectively is probably going to be a top four team. Like they are going to be a powerhouse um, this year. And I think, you know, as as somebody who can play forward and then can play a little bit elsewhere, um, yeah, that just means that he's going to be a core part of the reason.
0: And we have to remember, he hasn't had the best injury run either. So having that defense forward swing is also good for if he does have to miss a few weeks, whether that's through rest or through injury. And so it means the flexibility and the potential scoring ability is something that probably attracts most people to him. I personally don't have him. I But I understand why hit people do want him in their sides which sort of goes on to the next question that we have here from Isaac place or placey as we know him on Twitter. Hey, send us actually three questions, but I'm only going to answer two of them because I feel like the first one has already been answered too many times. <laughs> okay. Um, so the first question is how many primos deep do we need to go in defense?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that one's probably been covered quite a lot. The answer, the the correct answer is 4 or 5 depending on your structure.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm more on a at least 3. Yep. At most 5. Don't go crazy with 6. Yeah, six is too many.
1: If you if you hit six primos, yeah, that's great, and you're gonna have people who you're not you're not gonna have to worry about your defensive line. But it's it's too many. It's like that's money that you should be spending elsewhere, in my opinion. Um, but I think yeah, four four or five is the right number for the structure that I'm running. If you're going three, though, you're probably going guns and rookies, and you're gonna really hinge on those rookie selections, or you're gonna be happy to use a loophole player probably in your defensive line. I would say, um, but. Once again, look at your team in totality. Um, I think that's probably the best advice you could say as far as that. Look at your team in totality and look at where your points are coming from and whether or not you need to back them up with another primo.
0: Would you start five primo defenders if you're starting lead in the midfield or should they start lead in defence and opt for a pure mid in the midfield? So
1: there's... There's a few different ways I've I would look at this one. I I have led in my as actually my D one um, at the moment in in the final version. I think he is a better selection for my defensive line because of the primos that I have in my mids. Um, once again, it, it's kind of how does your structure look overall? Um, if it makes more sense, so you know if you want a player that's around five, you know 570 five seventy to like the the Crips amount player. Um, but you don't want to go with Patrick Cripps and you don't like any of the ups- other options around there, plug Laird in there because you know he's going to get the midfield minutes, you know he's going to score and then you obviously have other defenders that you want to fill that um, that points gap. And then as well, if that doesn't work out for you, you can always move him back up there later in the season. So I can see why people are doing it. Um, so personally, it depends on your team uh, from, you know, from that person to person. I think he's a great defensive option and he'll pr- I reckon he might be the number one defender come year's end.
0: I saw something on Twitter the other day, I think it was from Tim Mitchell at the Herald Sun, and he said, given what he has learnt in the preseason games with these new rules, Rory Laird might not be as valuable as people think, um, purely because he's playing in the midfield and not off half-back. And he thinks that Laird at half-back is, is far more valuable with the new rules um, than Laird in the midfield. However, in saying that, I do still think that Laird is going to be a top six defender and his dual position swing is a gift that we should not look in the mouth. Um, I understand people starting him. I understand people starting him in the midfield, but I think if you're starting him in the midfield, you're opting to start three or four in defence and I would also assume that you also have someone like a Jordan Clark, or an Aiden Fife assisting with that swing, which gets to another question that we have. Aiden Fife is probably the best loophole option at the moment, given the current fixture that we've got for the first six rounds.
1: Yeah, uh, I I would agree with that. Yeah, Fife is uh, five is life. in In this case, it is Fife of the Gold Coast Suns presents probably the best loophole option. He's 102K. He's basement price. He's really primed just to sort of be someone you can plop on, get your emergency, and then use him as that loophole. So I think um, I definitely would agree. You took the words right out of my mouth. If you're someone who's looking at Jordan Clark, who we know has forced his way really into the best 22 selection for Geelong on the back of that Amy series you know, game based purely on his role, so it's quite easy if that doesn't pan out or you know, if he gets three games and then gets dropped and you want to go, you know, if he's made a bit of money for you and you want to go somewhere else, it's quite easy to drop him out, swing lead back up and then move on from there and just keep leading in your defensive line. So it, it comes in, once again, I think the best advice really is starting where it makes sense for the players that you have. Um, for some people, that's going to be D1 or D2. For some people, that's going to be, M- M4.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't look too much into the preseason game where he gave away five uh, five free kicks. Um, he won't do that every single game. In fact, I'd be surprised if he's going to come any- anywhere close to giving away that many free kicks in the real season. I think coaches like to tell players to experiment with their boundaries in the preseason. And so that's where a lot of his free kicks would have come from. Um, but just keep in mind that because he is in the midfield and he is now employed as that bigger body, there will be games where he comes away, where he's given away a couple of free kicks, where his disposal efficiency is below 50%, where he is handballing more than he's kicking. So I, I, so he will be available for cheaper at some point during the season, but I do think that he is someone that people have locked into their side, given his runs on the board. Yeah. Um, but the structure in 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 terms of structure with Aiden Fife and your loopholing with Jordan Clark and all that sort sort of thing. Don't bring in Jordan Clark or and five if it doesn't fit your team the way you want your team to look. Yeah. Because if you can help it, you actually want 30 players scoring with 30 different scores in round one. Because in round two, I guarantee you not every player has got to suit up.
1: Yeah, and I look, i do don't know—it's—it's it's kind of a, another sideways point. Um, but I think as well, you know, take take what you want from the Amy series, but I don't think anyone should really be looking too hardly at people's Super Coach scores based on the Amy games. I think what a lot of that should have done is the eye test, and I think you know Rory Laird definitely passed that. He has the role that we wanted him to have. Um, in order to select him, Jordan Clark, same deal. You know he scored massively, which is great, but he's probably not going to do that every week. But he did have he did have a role in that Geelong team that was really paying off for him, um, which is what we're hoping he has going forward. I'm not I'm not picking Jordan Clark um, because I think he's going to score 130 every week because he's not. Um, yeah, I think yeah. So Aiden Five is your loophole. Start led wherever makes sense for your team but it's fine to start him in the mid if you want to swing him back up to defense at some point. As we were saying, it's the same thing with, um, with Fantasia. DPP is great to have if it makes sense for your structure because you can move people around a lot easier.
0: We'll move on to the next question because I think we spent far too long discussing all the ins, ins and outs and the mechanisms of that. And I don't want to confuse people any more than we probably have. Yeah,
1: that's fine. That's fair. I apologize, community. If that didn't answer your question, send us another email, actually, and we'll do. We'll answer it on the next episode.
0: We've got a question from Jake Kelly. I don't know if it's the Jake Kelly, the Adelaide Crows, but if he is, big fan, come on the podcast. Yep, we love you. Um, he says, and this is one that probably is more in your ballpark than mine. Go on. On a scale of 0 to 10, where 10 is high risk and 0 is no risk, how risky is it to start without Max Gorn?
1: I would put it at if last year was a 10. This year, I would say it's probably an 8. I don't look. I, I can understand why people wouldn't want to pick Max Gorn. And it's actually something that... Um, I've been looking at today with uh Simon Goodwin coming out and pretty much saying, Yep, Gorny's probably gonna play 70% time in Ruck.
0: Um it doesn't help that they don't have a forward line at the moment though, the demons.
1: Yeah, it doesn't help, but Max isn't the Max isn't the hole filler for that forward line issue. Um, I think of and it comes back again to the Amy series of what I saw from from my team, um, as somebody who watches the demons regularly. Um Max was doing a lot of running both ways. He was playing, like he was trying to get into in an intercepting defender, take marks over big packs and get the ball back to the forward line. He was also presenting as a forward option, you know, as somebody he's, you know, he he missed that one goal, one set shot directly in front um, against Geelong a few years ago. And ever since then, um, he... He has just been working on his set shot, so that's why they have confidence in him to put him forward there. He's still going to get ruck minutes, and he's still going to be Max Gorn playing in the ruck, and the first six rounds he plays against, I think, mo- most if not all of them are first-time ruckmen. Um, he's got Matthew Flynn. He's got Lloyd Meek round one. Um, he's got Hunter coming up, I think, is around three or four against St. Kilda. He's, he's not going up against really hard tasks and he's still going to accumulate points. He's still going to be, it's not going to impact him as much as you think if he doesn't play a hundred percent as a Ruckman, because he's still getting the ball both ways.
0: On the flip side to that though, because of who they're playing in the first three rounds, does that open the door for Simon Goodwin to perhaps put Luke Jackson against these first time, first year Ruckman?
1: In my opinion, no. It, it makes it easier for Jacko. Um, it absolutely would make it easier when he does go in there. But you still, you know, you don't you don't hamper yourself. You don't give yourself a handicap when you're in round one, especially when you're Simon Goodwin. Um, I'm not, like, I think Simon Goodwin gets a really rough go of it from a lot of the supporters. Um, that's just an aside thing. But I think even then in a year where he is under a lot of pressure to make finals, if you go, oh, well, look, he's only going up against Lloyd Meek, we can put Gornie forward. No, that's not the answer because you've still got Gorn who is the one of the best, if not the best, Ruckman in the league at the moment. Put him against that guy because he's going to absolutely towel it up. He's going to get it to our guys. He's going to get it into the forward line and the goals will come.
0: Yeah, I think, I think Max Gorn is one of the must-haves. If you're gonna fade a ruckman, for me the ruckman you fade is Brody Grundy, and that's not because I value Brody Grundy any less than I do Gorn. Well, I guess I do in in, in saying that, we, <laughs> that, we, that that you could fade him. Yeah, but I, what, what what I mean is Grundy isn't a known quantity given what is now at Collingwood. Yeah, they don't have Trelaw. Adams is under an injury cloud and they don't have the same forward line that they have had in the past with Degoe now moving out of there. So there'll be times where Grundy does spend time in the forward line and there might be games where he does score 60s or 70s like he did last season when they gave the bigger opportunities to the likes of Mason Cox, or Darcy Cameron because they prefer those two guys against the more athletic Ruckman.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think ju- just on that, I, I would definitely agree. It's kind of one of those things when you look at it, it's like, can I fade Max Gorn because he is 750 K? Well, it's the same reason why you pick Neil, isn't it? Even with everything that's being said, Max Gorn is still going to average 130 plus. Sure, he loses a little bit of money, but say he loses 50K, you still have to find 700K to bring him in when you want to bring him in, which is going to be difficult. So it's it's a given to I, – I agree 100% with you. The structure of Collingwood and the way that they're moving the the board around a bit with degoey in the middle and things like that. I think Brody Grundy is probably the one who it's like, if you want to let one go, it's probably going to be him.
0: I completely agree. I think, I think Grundy is the one to fade if you're going to fade. Gorn is to keep. So to answer, to answer the question, on a scale of zero to ten, I would say I'm, prob- yeah. I'm probably at an eight. I'm probably at an eight. The same as you, Clarkey.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry to cut you off there. Yeah. I definitely. Yeah. It's 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 about an eight. Um, and if he scores 150 in round one, it's a ten. Uh, it's a 10 if in he, hindsight.
0: If he scores 150 in round one, in hindsight, it's probably a 15. Yeah. Um, the Beast Calculator. I have not been friends with the Beast Calculator in the past.
1: You have actually, uh, I believe, are you still on probation for disparaging
0: the Beast Calculator? Well, it didn't foresee the Brayshaw breakout, which did happen. Yeah, I think so, uh, you won. I think, Um, I, so, Read into this however you like, but for people who don't understand, the beast calculator is based on various uh, st- statistical uh, landmarks that have for that has uh, predicted the breakout of a Dane Swan, a Clayton Oliver, and many others that I cannot name off the top of my head.
1: Matt Rao. The, the Beast Calculator did like Matt Rao. It can't predict an injury, but I believe, if I remember correctly, it did like Matt Rao.
0: It liked Mac, Matt Rowell off his preseason games last season. That is true. Um, however, sometimes it likes players a little too much and the breakout never comes. For example, Connor Blakely and Blake Akers have both been liked by the Beast Calculator, but the breakout has never come. So sometimes we do get this. And this year, the Beast Calculator doesn't really like anyone. It likes James Warple, but it's liked James Warple for a few years now. The one player that I punched in just to see, because I because I was getting annoyed that it wasn't liking all the obvious choices. It doesn't like Luke davis Uniac, doesn't like Will Brody. It doesn't like Hunter Clark. It doesn't like Patty Dow. It doesn't like Adam Chera. But for some reason, it likes Mitch Crodon Who? Oh!
1: I mean, the numbers don't lie, but then sometimes they do.
0: I like Mitch Croden as a player. And if he does break out and become that beast in the midfield or beast wherever he wants to play, fantastic. He is injured now at the moment, so don't pick him for your starting side. In fact, I wouldn't pick him at all, to be completely frank. Yep. Um... But it likes Mitch Croden. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing that stands out as to why. But um, Mitch Croden.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we have a wonderful, wonderful uh, who I to, I like to refer to as the Math Boys. Uh, we have a lot of very, very numbers-minded people behind the JR team who you've probably heard, uh, ranging from Foz to Stadi to Azza, uh, even yourself, Dama. I know you've been good with numbers in the past. Um, the beast calculator, look, it's, it's kind of like gambling and then looking at it and going, but all the math said it should be right. Uh, this year it's not, it's not a, it's a harsh mistress by the sounds of it. Um, but I think, you know, there's there's uh, many players who can present themselves who hopefully down the line can be more beast calculator friendly.
0: The reasoning why I don't think it likes anyone though is because I think last season um, ruined it. No, not didn't ruin it, but I think it confused it. Uh, and so it doesn't know where to upscale or downscale the, the, the numbers. Um, yeah. Maybe that is something that I can get Azza or... Um, Staddy or someone to adjust in f- for us, um, just so it's nice and clean and level. Um, but at the moment, doesn't really like anyone apart from James Warple, who it's liked for a while, <laughs> and for some reason, Mitch Croden. So to answer your question, Ethan, thank you for your question. James Warple and Mitch Croden. Thanks for your question, Ethan. I hope that answered it. And that is the end, Clarkie. Do you have any questions for me?
1: Uh, look, I, you know, I think, you know, we probably, we could probably uh, ask a little bit of a little bit of time. How is, uh, how are you feeling going into round one? So this will probably be the last you hear from us until after round one. Um, so how, how are you feeling going into the start of the season?
0: Well, you saw my team reveal the other day.
1: I did. It was beautiful.
0: I have slightly altered it. Purely because of my personal feelings towards certain selections. Yes. The main changes has been Boke, Howe, and Zebel, And somehow I managed to do something else, but I can't remember what I did. Hayden Young has replaced Jeremy Howe. Jack McRae has replaced Travis Boak. Yep. Jai Caldwell has replaced Jack Zeebel.
1: Ooh, okay. Uh, look, I, I know this isn't the, the main podcast, but what, what was the thought process behind that one?
0: I like, I think I'd like Caldwell more after the comments that Ben Rutten made during the week. Yep. Um, he mentioned that Jai Caldwell, he sees as being a key part of their midfield and stoppage rotations. Yeah. That tick, 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 and um, Jack McRae worried me initially due to the acquisition of Adam Trelaw. But and I know Adam Trelaw didn't play in the Amy series, but I think these new rules, especially with the runners on the outside, now a bit more uh, getting a bit more points because of the mark and stand rule. Yeah. Jack McRae, even if he is moved to the outside, I don't think it affects him as much as we thought it would. And Hayden Young, he scored eighty without taking a mark in the Amy game.
1: Oh, oh, that's that's some good that's some good pointage right there.
0: So they were the main reasons I made the changes, and I love Boke as a selection, but and it was. Rightly pointed out to me, I shouldn't start more than one player who won't finish as a top six to ten midfielder. So that one player that I am starting is Tim Taranto. Yeah, which I which I've had in my side for quite a while.
1: Yeah, it's uh, Taranto has been a very popular one, um, and I can I can see why. I I also I do have to agree. I do like the Bogue selection. I think he. Is probably primed, but you could, yeah, you could also get him on the way up. So, you know, it sounds like you've made the decision based on what was best for your team. Um, but you know, your initial team reveal, I do enjoy it. It sounds like you've made some good changes through there.
0: And my question for you as we close up is, will you join me next week?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Fantastic. So thank you to Ben from Honeyball for supplying us with, uh, Discount codes for free copies of the digital magazine. We will be choosing the questions and sending those out probably tomorrow. If you don't get it before the Richmond Carlton game, you'll get it on Friday for sure. Um, thank you so much for sending in questions. If you'd like a question answered for next week, send them to jockmailbag at gmail.com. We will answer anything from what should I have for dinner to why did Zach Merritt score 17 on the weekend?
1: He's not going to score 17. He's in a contract year and then he's going to go to Carlton.
0: I don't think he's going to go there, but I don't know if he's locked in at Essendon. Ooh, that's my, that, might, might be another, my, that might be worth answering for next week. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, Clarkie, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye, community. Thank you.